0: What's going on, everyone? Andre's here, and we have another episode of the Ponytails Podcast, number 173. Welcome, welcome to the show. If this is your first time uh, and you sold books, well, we did too, and uh, we talk about it, so enjoy. Um, If this isn't your first time and you've been here for a while, thanks for supporting us. Thanks for listening in again. So excited that you're here. Uh, Hopefully, by this time, you've left us a review. you followed us on Instagram. You've done all the things that good book kids do and all bad book kids do too all of the book kids be great anyway no we actually do appreciate the support if you guys would love to do that that is a great way to support us without having to do much uh maybe while you're just listening to this gym put that weight down hit subscribe or maybe you're listening to this while doing the dishes stop dry your hands leave us leave us a review follow us Hit subscribe, the little plus sign on your podcast app, wherever you're listening. Hopefully, you guys do that. It means a lot to us if you would. um If you have never heard of this, if you don't know what the heck we're doing, maybe you didn't sell books and you're like, what the hell? Why is it even called Pony Tales Podcast? Well, quick synopsis a company in 1865 started recruiting college kids to go door to door selling books, and they sold these books throughout their college summer. So it was like 12 weeks, right? And they've been doing that ever since. So here we are in 2022. There's still kids that have this is just last summer and basically you go from monday through saturday from 8 a.m to sometimes 10 p.m on straight commission in a different part of the country just doing this naturally some crazy ass stories come up and so we have people come on the show and tell us about their experience doing that and how that experience shaped their life and their careers moving forward some of them have been inspiring some of them have been intense really dramatic uh some were hilarious it's been a it's been the whole thing so Hopefully you guys enjoy this. Um, keep keep an eye out for more episodes. We come we come out with episodes usually every Friday and Sunday, but sometimes we'll just drop a random one here or there. Go check out some more. They're they're everywhere that you're listening to podcasts. If you're on YouTube right now, we know we're on Apple Podcasts, Spotify. If you're on Spotify, we're on YouTube. Whatever you prefer. There are things that will come up on the screen that are better for people to uh, read. If you don't know, if you miss like a definition, or if we say like a word that's kind of like slang. Um, so, maybe it's worth watching when you, your first episode if you have no idea what we're talking about. But if you did sell books, you'll be like, oh, I remember the HQ. Oh, I know what an OL is. I remember the old Pace Setter. Oh, yeah, GRS. I know what I'm talking about. So, uh, that kind of stuff. Uh, let me introduce our guest for today. I'm so excited. So, we have Jake Hardigan in the house. Uh, he sold for four summers uh, with the Eagle Blitz organization. And uh, he sold from 2014 to 2017, went to the University of Central Florida they there in orlando i believe and then of course uh from boca raton his favorite scroll is i think i don't think we've had this one yet and i'm so excited that someone put this because i'm a big fan of action it was number nine i will act now which is awesome that's a great thing to say to yourself every day every minute every hour so uh in a sec we'll be back with jake ponytails podcast <laughs> Let's get off schedule for a sec. Talk about Will Metcher, who helps people get the get their own way. Move, bish. Get out the way. Go work with Will. Okay, back to work. Being off schedule for a quick second to spotlight a jockey of ours, Cardinal Seated Benefits helps uh, families who have old people in their life and they're going to die. So they help them with final expense insurance. And it's pretty badass. So uh, back to work. Hello, hello. That's pretty slick. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Knock knock an Really? Yeah. How's it going?
1: <laughs> yeah, no, I liked it.
0: That was cool. Oh man. Let me have you been on podcasts before. Is this your first podcast interview? I've,
1: I've been on other podcasts, not on video podcasts. And then I've run a bunch of videos and introductions and other things. And I love the theme that you've got running. It's just it's so cohesive. It's really fun
0: cool man i i, I ad lib it every time so i just i just have fun with it i i act now you know in the yeah moment. immediately <laughs> like right now right now that's awesome yeah. man welcome to the show thanks for being here your setup is like you have like your mic is so nice look at you you just saw yeah, thank fully you loaded look at this yeah this i
1: saw yours on another podcast and i just bought it for fun
0: no <laughs> <laughs> i was gonna say no <laughs> i was like that's an expensive i wish that was it yeah (laughs) yeah it's like you got money like that to just oh let's just buy this setup for this you know interview that means probably honestly though
1: i (laughs) i do wish i used it more i I have it here but i've used it a handful of times so i'm glad i get to use this uh on the podcast here
0: you know hey at least we're making it worth it worth your time when you bought it but to be honest with you i mean after the pandy you know when 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 Hit, she hit the fan a couple years ago i feel like a lot of people really started investing in their home setup and so it's been oh, yeah. nice to kind of have that as the pandemic progressed and kept going because we started in november of 2020 so only like six seven months in oh yeah but as time has gone through you see more and more of this where people are like actually have a full setup even if it's just for work you know so yeah no I'm it's here. you sound good I'm
1: work from home and it's, it's half my setup is from during the pandemic uh no, all of it. All of it's from during the pandemic, <laughs> and it's exactly just same. it's migrated from one apartment to the next, and it's slowly grown in uh, in technology. I could show you some of it. It's pretty crazy. Let me see if yeah. Uh,
0: let's see. Let's see this. Let's see if people people listening are like. I don't know if I can. Hell.
1: I'm just waving it around. Oh gosh, whole rooms here. Whole rooms.
0: Whoa! Oh man! Oh, you got like the whole setup, set up. Dang! Oh wait, you muted yourself. I think. I think you muted somehow. Something must have got disconnected. Mm.
1: Yeah. Oh, so back. this month was from the company I was previously working at. And then I snagged this Cintiq, which is for basically drawing, being able to see what I'm working on. It was like a childhood dream to have that. Um, it's basically this 24 inch screen that I can just directly work on when I'm working with a stylus and it was, it's normally incredibly expensive, but post-pandemic, there were a lot of artists who were out of work, and there was one that was available, and they weren't using it. So I got it for like half off.
0: No great. way. Yeah. No way. That's a That's solid not. setup. I, don't, <laughs> I, I can't move my camera, but I just got the sound booth setups for like the sound of it. But yeah, it works really, really well for, for us here on this side. It's, it's, it's cool to work from home. It's been nice, honestly, to to, to just be here. Yeah, Yeah. I think your I think your mic got disconnected. So you might have to put your mic because I think I'm coming in through your headphones now.
1: How's it going? I shouldn't have just gone off script right there and just uh, no. Uh,
0: It's okay, man. We're we're flexible. We touch our toes uh, here here at the here as book people. Um, I think you're back now. Oh, I switched it over again. Yeah. Yeah. How crisp is that? Dang, dude, you got you got a nice voice. Um, Thank you. you. I see what you do introductions. It's like, I see it. I see it. Um, But speaking of which, okay, so let's dive in. So what the heck, and for people who don't know, we don't do any pre-approach here. So I actually have no real idea of like what your life has been like since you left Southwestern. So let's start there. And then maybe we can afterwards go jump back into your Southwestern career first. So so walk me through since 2017 and when you left to uh, 2022, what have you been up to and what are you up to now?
1: Yeah. So to kind of carry it through, I, I might actually start just before, I sold books, blow through selling books, and then kind of moved past it because it's kind of come full circle. When I was in kindergarten, I drew an airplane and everyone wanted it. And that was the moment I knew I was going to be an artist when I grew up. And it was just a defining moment. But I was raised by two engineers, both my parents, mechanical and electrical, respectively. So I went to UCF for mechanical engineering initially. And, Dude,
0: check out the big brains on the Hardigans. Holy
1: cow. <laughs> yeah. I mean, they're, the rest of them are pretty sharp. <laughs> so, <laughs> I didn't finish in engineering. So oh. I, I was just grinding along my freshman year. Just I was just not motivated. I didn't find this like sense of intrinsic value from it. And it just wasn't clicking. Um, but I met some pretty interesting people. They told me, you should go do this thing and sell books. And I was like, that sounds something like like my uncle did. And I ended up calling him up and he had sold books years ago for four summers. And he said he hated every minute of it. And he would (laughs) like be sick every day. And I was like, that sounds horrible. I'm in (laughs) because I, yeah, that sounds awesome. Just because I knew where he was in his life and the amount of success that he had found in business was just, it just was liberating. And I saw that from him and he was well-traveled. He came with all of like different family members on their vacations because he was just that successful. And I was like, I want that. I want some sense of control over sales and business, which I was seeing left and right, and it was influencing me, but I didn't know how or why. So I went, sold books, learned a lot, <laughs> you know, not easily. I wasn't good at learning, like I mentioned. So it was a long four summers um, to eventually graduate and go into a career. And so that's where I left in 2017. That was like my last summer as an OL. I was like, I kind of checked off, you know, most of the stages of development through Southwestern. I got a sense of it. I didn't feel like I had really mastered it, but I had at least seen and experienced it. And so I was like, I need to quickly change and move because the way I was seeing from what I was learning in my now new degree in business. um, And then what I was learning freelancing as an artist was that there's a trend towards technology, towards innovation yeah. on the digital more than 100%. it is through just in-person stuff. And I have a pretty uh, astounding ambition for someone who's just an artist. <laughs> I didn't want to be a starving artist. I wanted to be someone who was actually in ma- like making an impact on a lot of people. And so right. I was looking towards tech, got a small gig doing basically business development So it's like basically the hardest part of sales, just knocking (laughs) for a small uh, startup in Orlando, which then landed me a position at a company called Samsara that just went public as of last year or earlier this year, I think. Um, So I was there for about a year and a half after graduation. So in 2019 to the pandemic and then into the pandemic several months. Um, and I got to wow. be honest, uh, sales as a business development rep, which is just basically cold calling and then handing the sales opportunity to somebody else to close, just not not motivating. <laughs> it's just, no. you, you're like so close to tasting a sale and like that that feeling of accomplishment when you close the deal. And like even just trying to overcome those objections from like a closing perspective was something I was just so excited to get into. And because of the pandemic and the way the startup had developed specifically at Samsara, they had to lay off a third of the company and I was still on the team. They still wanted me, but the, the track to promotion and being able to move up was just so constricted and slowed that it was just wall after wall I was seeing. And like I said, I have a lot of ambition and the, that act now comes up again where I was like, I'm just waiting to be an artist. I'm just waiting to do my own thing. I'm done waiting. And so I left Samsara. I went and studied uh, UX design, which is for user experience. And basically taking what I learned in art, understanding what I knew about human psychology and business and what I learned from Southwestern intuitively, you know, by doing it again and again. And when what makes decisions, right. I was like, I'm going to take that and put that into software. And I'm going to use my artistic skills to design it and work from production of a product instead of just sales alone. Um, right. Fast forward six months from there, I'm now working with, or actually, it's been a year and a half uh, since uh, I graduated from that UX degree program that I was doing, and I'm working at a startup with another guy who sold books that I recruited. His name's Peyton Cox, and so we're, we've created a fitness app, and it's literally like it's weeks away from launching. So what we need is from like this podcast, and for anyone who's listening right now, I'm going to ask at the end for you guys to check it out. But that's what I'm working on right now. And I've come all the way around to being an artist who does front end development, which is a bit technical. (laughs) Uh, And I wasn't planning on that, but it's just that the role required it and needed to learn it. I needed to do something uncomfortable and figure it out. And that was what happened. So right now I'm working in software that. I never thought I would ever do. I thought I would just stick to sales, do marketing maybe, and do art as a hobby. But now it's literally integrated with every day of my life. So it's pretty exciting. Um, that's and a lot of that happened from just one event after another. That was and, a long answer now. to your short no, question. No,
0: no, that's great. I, I have a lot of questions. I have so many questions. One, I need to connect you with uh, Elevate Wellness. That's Seth Hood. You know Seth, probably. He sold as well. Naomi already
1: put us in touch. So okay, great. I, I talked with Seth... Um, and his business partner a few months ago several months ago and i was lamenting how hard it was to make
0: an app <laughs> yeah yeah it's difficult man it's so it's so tough and so tell me a more or i guess i know sometimes before you launch apps it's you can't really share much because of the nature of you know, development stuff i'm very but open what, what, go ahead cool yeah what is what is how does how does this what does this app do i mean fitness episode so general so like what yeah. is the user experience like and, and, and what is the purpose of this app that you're developing?
1: Right. So to get to the core problem that we were trying to solve, most fitness apps out there are have a two kind of major roles that they play. There's like coaching apps that I think Seth is hoping to try and create where you have a better solution for working with clients remotely. Like You can go to the gym face-to-face. It's it's hard to beat that. If you're in person, you have so many levels of communication. You can work hand-in-hand with them. You can look at the same computer screen. You can see their charts. And that's probably the best case, but that's not the most scalable. You can't reach as many people as you want. So you have to leave a lot of clients on the table because you can't work with them remotely only in person unless you have some sort of technology to let you do that. So some apps try to tackle that. But then they also fall short in the other reason for fitness apps, which is just individual people trying to track on their own, trying to figure out how do I improve day to day and and improve my physical physique or my performance over time. And then there's this gap right between those two, which is Mm -hmm. how many people want to have long-term success by, let's say, building muscle and increasing their performance. And we know that it's not easy. It takes time. And that's just yeah. not how most things are designed. They're, they're just walk into a gym and log your workout that day. Or you can buy a program and, and like basically look at a PDF and take that and put that into your workout app on your own. You get overwhelmed trying to do that, you go to a coach. But then the coaches have to deal with these apps that aren't meeting the needs of being able to schedule over a long period of time. And we all know as book people, schedules your lifeline. That's so right. our program app basically helps you schedule All of your programs, all of your workouts over a period of like three to six months, depending on what you're doing, coaches can go in, set them up, schedule them out, and then monitor your performance over time. And for self-starters like myself or others who want to do it on their own, they can figure out how to go in, create a long-term solution to building muscle and developing their performance through our app. So that's... That's the primary goal, and it's it's a bit nuanced for fitness. We were working specifically with powerlifting at first because my business partner, Peyton, used to compete back in high school, and he was like number 17 in the world. And right now, we run a podcast with a guy named Ashton Rauska, who's the strongest powerlifter in the world uh, for natural lifting, natural powerlifting, which means he doesn't use steroids, um, and he's tested every time he goes to compete as regularly as possible. So he's mm. just... A monster. I mean, <laughs> watching him move weights is
0: like yeah, another thing. Yeah. Yeah. So. It's, it's especially like up front is like when you, yeah, witnessing people do that is some people are nuts. Just witnessing people do something that most people can't is crazy. Um, yeah. But that's okay. So, so, <clears throat> so does then your app, because you're saying you're bridging the gap of like tracking things as well. So, it does Will your app be able to also track like nutrition and all that kind of stuff? Or is it just specifically like the scheduling of the actual workouts in the program itself? So
1: right now what we're doing, we have clients that we're working with one-on-one where we do nutrition with them. Peyton has his own coaching solution where he works with them, runs all of the advanced data through his own spreadsheets that he's built. What we're trying to do is take those piece by piece. So the first one will be specifically lifting. Eventually it will be nutrition, sleep, and a lot of other things that go into your actual development. Cause it's not, it's not just that you can go and lift a weight. You need to have so many other components that come together and work in harmony over that time. And that's again, why it's such an important long-term problem, not a day to day issue, um, to see improvements consistently. So we're starting with lifting, but we will have nutrition and other features that we roll out as soon as possible
0: that is awesome dude that's so cool and what would you say from the from a standpoint now of like the process itself what has been the most challenging process of developing this app from i mean cuz it's from scratch right so like what in yeah. your head because everybody has different problems and different things based on their expertise and knowledge what has been yes. like the biggest obstacle that you bumped into uh to get from a to b here
1: so this is something that i always this is a this is a great question because when I set about creating a company, and I've started multiple, I've closed successfully a few, um, others that's not. Awesome. Uh, yeah, some good, some bad. Uh, there's a lot of projects, but Some in most may be cases, good,
0: some may be shit. <laughs> some,
1: yes, exactly that. <laughs> most of them may be shit, but a couple really good. That's such a good uh, name.
0: That's such a good name. Yeah. Yeah, awesome.
1: I mean, it's relatable because there's so many things that can go wrong, and they do go wrong. It's like Murphy's Law. Um, and that's right. the hardest part, is managing what you do not know. So we're in the book field schedules your lifeline because you know what you need to do. you got to show up, you get your 30 demos. And if you play the numbers, it works. But when you're creating something from nothing, it's, it's not so straightforward. It's not, Oh, I know when this is due, I'm going (laughs) to get it done. I've set timelines and they've been blown by developers, by legal, by other, so many other things that you set a plan and something happens. So, what we've come full circle in our business is from, Oh, we can do everything in the world under the sun in the world of health and fitness to, we're doing one thing really specifically. Uh, so narrowing what the achievement and goal was, was one of the hardest things because we have the ability and many book people probably struggle with this, where you have so much potential and you know, you can do so many things, but giving up some of that for the future. And this is like procrastinate on purpose. Um, I'm Rory, forgetting his yeah. name. Rory Vader. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, Rory. So taking some of those things that you want to do and know you can do and putting them off is really challenging um, and, and specifically tackling one problem. And then the next was how do you monitor that and, and like actually execute on a schedule that you can't predict perfectly? So we tried to do it on our own. We tried all of the team members to learn software. At first, there were four. There's now two uh, in the business. We've had to like cut back as we've moved through and un- yeah. uncovered many un- I uncertainties. Understand that. Oh, yeah. yeah. Um, but what we learned was a lot of different software techniques that led me to being the front-end developer. But we've now hired uh, a partner who's a developer and is unbelievably talented and working in the back end of the software, which handles all of the brains and stores it. Somewhere else, I can do the aesthetics. I can do the interactions that people see when they tap on a button, but making that effective and storing that information, that's what he handles. And learning to yeah. find someone who can do that for us took a few tries um, and a lot of mistakes. So that's probably been the hardest, most expensive lessons we've learned. And it's, it's honestly like when you're an OL learning for the first time that people don't follow their schedule. In <laughs> the things they'll do. <laughs> what? What
0: people go yeah, home early? <laughs> really? Yeah, early champions? Shocking. Nobody yes. said this.
1: Yeah. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Early champions. Yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah. It's uh so
1: those it's are true.
0: It's true. And yeah. Yeah. We had we had Barry Hart on the show, and he uh one of the things that's been a really cool blessing about doing the show and, and and being on this on this seat has been being able to like Kind of pick people's brains, and for myself, even even if nobody else listens. By the way, like people should listen to a lot of these because there's so much gold nuggets of wisdom like this in every episode for different industries that kind of apply to others. But in case in point is Barry Hart, who owns a pharmaceutical company with another book guy. He's awesome. Barry's great. Um, he was talking about. I heard this before, but the way he put it was really smart. He was like, "Look, there's people out there in your life, and in the world, who." a kick almost a pleasure out of doing the things in your business that you are either not good at don't have the time to learn or just don't want to do and so you can find those people and so like like you just mentioned like finding a person that can do like the software development back end stuff where it's like not that you can't do it not that you don't know how to do it right but it's just like no
1: i can't <laughs> not fast <laughs> you know enough?
0: that's the key exactly exactly so it's like but there's someone out there who's like i like almost Oh, it's like popping a zit to them. Like it feels amazing, right? So, (laughs) so, sorry, yeah. But you know what I'm saying? So like finding that is just the better way of doing it. And and like you said, in Southwestern, you don't really learn how to do that because the strength of the company is that it's been around for 160 years, but the weakness of the company is that it's been around for 160 years. And so what happens is these systems are so in place. They're almost like stone pillars Mm -hmm. that are immovable where it's like, it's hard for the company to really change and transition into something new, especially as quickly as technology has moved, that it's like, you just go, they tell you, you go talk, knock on 30, you know, meet 30 people and you'll be fine. Like you said, but when you, when you do it on your own, you're like, I don't even know what 30 people means here. Like, what is the, what is the, what, what does that translate to into my world? Right? And so setting those systems in place and, and having people help you set those in place, huge, huge lesson that you've learned there. And, 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 and it, and honestly, those are like the big, big ones to just really overcome so that you can clear a path and have a much clearer sense of direction uh, as you move forward because you have a solid team around you that's really happy and, and, and enjoying that work. So hell yeah, man. That's awesome. That's yeah, so
1: cool. I was going to ask you too because like you're doing your own thing. You're on your entrepreneurial journey. How did you basically find your thing and how did you come down to knowing and how does you, how do you handle schedule in something that can be very uncertain,
0: right? Um, well, you're talking from a standpoint of running the podcast, or are you talking yeah. from a standpoint of like, yeah, okay, um, yeah, that it, you know, kind of the same way as you, just through mistakes. Um, when it, for me to answer your question, I had to find out what what I actually was good at, and like you said, there's so many things that after you sell books, you feel like you get excited about, so you set the, the habit to learn about it. And then you start coming to realize that it's like, oh, this isn't the thing that gives me. I, I l- enjoyed learning about this. I enjoyed learning about, for example, in in to be to answer your question specifically, um, uh, SEO, marketing stuff. I enjoy learning about that stuff. It's really fun. But at the end of the day, to sit down and search for keywords, backlinks, uh, setting up funnels, like mm. I know how to do that. And <laughs> and there is value yeah. in learning that. There's value in learning yes. that because two things. One. Um, it's just worth knowing (laughs) there's like like a lot. And two, when I'm hiring someone or trying to work with partner up with someone to do this with me, I know what I'm looking for and I know what it should be worth because I at least have learned enough to know what I don't know. Does that make sense? Mm -hmm.
1: Yes. And so that's very much entrepreneurship.
0: Yeah. And so, and so I, I learned it just so I could get to that point. And then I go, okay, now I know that I need to hire someone or look, or partner up with someone who can help me do this uh and that's what i did so as we started coming up with that i started thinking like what would be I, I kind of reverse engineering engineered it so and i'm not here yet but my goal is what the ideal goal is that all i have to do is just show up say hello to you talk to you for an hour two hours, whatever go away and then go play with my dogs like that's the north star because yeah, that's the part of me that i i enjoy yeah. right and so and i know that sounds like idealistic or whatever but i believe that we can get there we're not there yet and we're close but but that's what i figured out what i do best is just is just do this this is my thing i learned, it was like a an acquired uh, learning i i have a passion for stand up i think i've talked about this on the show before but my my passion is to do stand up comedy that's the one thing where i did that and i'm like oh my god this is what i was put on earth to do that was my talent but this is the other kind of talent that you start going oh i didn't know I was good at this and I'm not saying I'm you know, <laughs> the most amazing <laughs> interviewer. I'm not saying I'm the most inter- amazing interviewer, but I just really do enjoy the curiosity of learning about an app. And, you know, yesterday we talked to someone else and we learned about a whole different thing in real estate. And we talked about before that, we talked about fitness and whatever. Right. So um, I, uh, the thing I learned that I need to be good at is being curious and meeting both people. And so our mission then uh, as we kind of clear the path and it be, turn from hobby to full-time gig is I'm like, okay, so this is what I enjoy doing. Then I started with like, okay, why, why is this important? Why, what do people get out of this? What do our guests say that they enjoy? And I, we landed at, which to answer your question fully is there is, there exists a need in our community of alumni, people that sold books for some transparency um, for some uh, real world, Hero, hero, off schedule moment. Wanted to tell you about Southwestern real estate. They're 99% drama free, only 99, not 99.9. So it's a bit spicy, kind of like this episode. Anyway, they will learn you to kick ass at real estate. So make sure you guys click the link below, get in touch with them. Okay, back to work. Bye. What up everyone? Off schedule story really quick. The average agent at Cardinal Cedar Benefits earns about 5k per week. It's pretty badass. So on that note, connection. And so when you go and sell books, one of the things that they tell you about is, oh, you're gonna travel, you're gonna do this. But when you when you're done, you're, there's a hundred thousand people that have done, hundred fifty thousand people that have done this, and when you leave Southwestern, all of the doors will open for you, and everything you've ever wanted to do will be done. And you're like, oh, all yeah. right, cool, the network's <laughs> right. amazing. Yeah. And then you leave Southwestern, and you're like, where the fuck are all these people? You know what I mean? So yeah, you, like, that's stumble what we do. Into them. So that's what we do. So our goal is to, to to grow enough. I don't need to be Joe Rogan. I don't want to be. I mean, it'd be great. If, like we became that popular for some reason. <laughs> that be and great. And it's an interesting That'd and it's cool. an interesting enough conversation with people and uh, people who didn't sell books are interested enough in what we did to like. So maybe there's a there's a path there. But to me, I'd be happy if we be kind of kind of became the de facto unofficial alumni association where. Oh, you sold books and you want to, and you're an engineer or you're developing an app and you just want to be put on blast to a hundred thousand book people overnight. Cool. Come on the show. Talk about what you're doing. Have a connection. People will listen. And out of that, you'll those doors will be open right and so that's kind of what we landed at once i figured all that shit out about like why do i enjoy doing this why is this important because now we're 173 episodes in and if you were to ask me hey do you know anybody that does this i'm like well out of the 173 i think of like a couple of people that you should probably talk to right or whatever and the more and more we do this just the more and more it'll happen which is why it's so important to me that people share and, and, and like and follow is because it just it just becomes that for by nature right and so um hopefully that answers your question sorry i'm talking during your no that's perfect
1: (laughs) it's a it's a hard question to answer because that's the what did you find (laughs) in the entrepreneurial
0: experience yeah and that's what we found that was important so that's like i'm like in my head i'm like i don't know if it'll ever be a million dollar company but i don't need it to be i just need it to be sustainable so that it can it can be it can play that role in what is going to continue to be more and more southwestern people you know what i mean Mm -hmm. and just to just to to serve that purpose because it doesn't nobody else is doing it not the company's not doing it so no i
1: think is like thinking ahead placing you somewhere and that they want to be your your network
0: yeah yeah and so yeah yeah that's exactly right but instead of like even helping people find like placements too like it'd be just for example the dream would be thing. you know russia invaded ukraine and there was a, a lot of need for uh supplies and money it'd be cool to be like all right all of the alumni in the midwest versus all the alumni in the southeast we're going to do a competition whoever can raise the most money right well it's all going to go to this charity but it's going to be you know chicago or uh, illinois alumni versus florida alumni and we'll do a tournament and it's something like that where it's just we can harness the power of the southwestern people which is really really a lot of power and turn it to something that's worth and good and change and change maybe history i don't know that's maybe yeah. dare to dream, dare to dream. No, that's awesome. That's pretty cool. <laughs> yeah, man. I had
1: Hell thought yeah. about that a lot when I was selling books going door to door and you. everyone had such cool stories when they'd stumble into meeting someone who sold books. And yeah. I don't know if I ever met someone when I was selling that had sold books. I think there was one guy actually, maybe yeah? one, but it was, wasn't like super exciting. He had like sold half a summer uh, early champion uh-huh. kind of thing. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, but I would uh-huh. hear so many like, people they'd come back i was just at this massive house and he sold four summers he, we were just hanging out for like hours i'm like did you did you hit all your doors <laughs> they're like no but he was so cool and he bought all my books i'm like all right like, i guess that's pretty cool like yeah yeah it's just have a, you met a,
0: it, have you, go ahead no you're good i was gonna ask you have you met you have you met an, uh, an alumni in the wild after because that's a that's a moment that's what inspired the show by the way but if you've had that experience it's a trip
1: I definitely have used the network to find people. So when I was looking for that tech role in sales, I reached out to Josh Stralko and he showed me around oh, yeah. Salesforce where he's working out. And so that, ha- that put my eyes on Atlanta as like a whole. And so that's where wow. Sam Sarr is. That's where I am now from Florida to Atlanta. Um, yeah, so that was that was part of what led me to there. Um, yeah, but in, like just stumbling into people I guess I don't stumble around a lot. I I tend to yeah. I tend to be very like if I'm out stumbling in places, it's on a hike somewhere, so it's very remote and there's not a lot of people. <laughs> I guess there are people I do run into who I know from who sold books. Like I was just in, I was traveling to Hawaii. My fiance was just yelling like, "You come on, you show up places and people come out of nowhere." I'm like, "But I knew the guy." So. Oh uh There's, i can't think of his name but we we basically bumped in he's like did you sell books it was at a hostel so it's just like a bunch of random people who all live there and i didn't recognize him because he grew a mustache and was wearing a hat so he was like in like in like one of those like in, <laughs> almost uh incognito looking people and he's like you sold books I was running like, from
0: the caa <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah i don't know it felt like that <laughs> but uh yeah so he was like you sold books definitely and i was like yeah i did and we had had like a bump in a couple times on sizzler or at a uh, grs that's so awesome. yeah that was super cool and like that's happened many times where i've bumped into people i knew in places i just would never expect um
0: yeah it, it sold i books. love it yeah well uh we we have a quite a following in atlanta actually so steve hurley he's out there brandon abernathy and his wife malice they're, they're out there we'll i remember have to brandon do- we, we want to do like a, a alumni reunion out there so people can come and network and hang out and That's say, cool. Hello. So yeah. that'll be something that we're we're trying to get that done, but um, just a lot of, you know, projects Schedule. in the, in the, yeah. <laughs> so, but dude, it's, it's a trip when you run into someone just, just by habit. you just yeah. kind of go, Oh man. Okay. You're not going to, cause the way it happened to me is I was, uh, the last time big time that happened to me, that was hilarious. My wife, her dad, has a friend, Alan Wood, who sold books in like the 70s, like with Dan Moore. <laughs> wow. And he was just like talking to me. And we were just having a conversation. He's like, where did you learn to like communicate with this, like with people like this? And I'm like, oh, okay, you're not going to believe this. But I did this thing in college where I sold books door to door. And he goes, no. And he starts like doing execs. <laughs> <I'm> like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's when you know they're real. <laughs> I go, you drank that Kool-Aid, man. That's years ago yeah (laughs) but yeah no for sure that's awesome man so okay wait real quick back to your app i I wanted to ask a couple more questions and then we can do quick some southwestern stuff some southwestern experience stories but yeah with your app what's so we kind of talked a little bit about what like the north star is is to eventually turn it into like you know you know multifaceted fitness and health but why why fitness like when why not like an app for you know Finding your child if it's lost, or you know what I'm saying? Like, how did you land at that moment? Talk
1: about children like their dogs, and you just put a <laughs> they already have solutions for that. That's like the the little Apple air <laughs> tag. They right. just slap, just slap that
0: on like, lunchbox right their-
1: <laughs> I know where they are. <laughs> I mean, so the <laughs> thing about those, like when I was selling GPS, you'd be amazed how many people would call and go, How do I get this for my kids? I'm like, this is a brick. It's like this big. You're gonna stick it on a you know, $2 million pieces of equipment. It's not for kids going to school. Uh, also, why are you doing that? Just have a little faith, you know? But so
0: the, Also, your phone, you can do it on your phone. Yeah, you can use your phone. I, I if end you up have telling an iPhone, people that, you can have them do that.
1: Yeah, I, I, I told a few people, Mike, what you really need is like an app. Like, there, it's, you don't need to be that specific. Um, it's their parenting problem, not mine. The. The main core reason we did end up on fitness um, and specifically like health as a whole, uh, Peyton, my business partner and I had talked a while back about creating a dashboard. Like if I I woke up and I like started my day like Ironman and I had this display that came up, what would I want to know? And the reason was that there are so many things that we're trying to juggle in our minds at any time. And we could really only focus on like maybe seven if we hold those things yeah. in memory. So what I've learned, especially like with selling books, you you build little by little, you you stack habits on each other and you focus on just the next most important habit. You don't, you don't try to do it at all. And then with right. health, it's you're trying to see things that are almost invisible. You can feel it, but you don't, you don't necessarily know what's wrong. So like if you're lifting at the gym and you're putting up as much weight as you can, and you're, you're doing all of the right things, but you're not making progress. It may not be the lifting. It could be the nutrition. It could be your sleep. It could be some other issue that you just can't see. Yeah. All sorts of, yeah. There's so many things. Yes. And so that it is complicated, but you don't need to be complicated to see amazing results. You just need to know what's going on and to see what's the next most important thing. So that all ties in together because if your health is falling apart, that is going to immediately affect everything else in your life. I know Mitch Johnston on the previous show had mentioned that. I know that's something that's come up in other shows that I've heard as well, that if you can't figure out your health, your focus and everything else falls with that. I mean, a, a classic example is even in intelligence when they're measuring IQ, right? Yeah. There are lower IQs in places where they don't have enough nutrition for kids. So those lunches in schools and breakfasts are designed to supplement nutrition so that the IQ level of all of those kids goes up because if you can't focus, you're not going to pass a test. And so those core, like like he said, Maslow's in the previous episode, Maslow's hierarchy of needs, it starts with physical well-being and like shelter and the core Mm. things. And then you get to thinking, then you get to higher level achievement. And to be honest, I don't think we want to think about all the time. How am I feeling? (laughs) I would rather just put that on (laughs) autopilot, right? I would rather not worry about it. So that's what this, this app will eventually become is the autopilot for things in the background. And, And we only need to worry when it says, Hey, you're not getting enough sleep, which is probably the biggest problem you're facing right now. You might want to solve that habit first. And so you start oh, there. Oh,
0: that's cool. Yeah. yeah, love it. Hell yeah, man! That's so cool. I, 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 I'm so intrigued. Your, your intelligence for this is. I mean, I just talk to people. What you're doing is like oh, out here changing people's lives. So I'm, I'm so like honored that you're here talking to me about. this. I mean, this so you're, cool, you're
1: definitely changing people's lives. Don't think that a network of communication with people is not an amazing thing. So here, like Peyton, my business partner, I met him at like a coffee shop on campus and we started hanging out a bit. He started showing me to the gym and I started being the only person who could consistently show up. And he's like, what do you do that like gets you to do this? And I've recruited people by the same way. It's just, I just do a thing so long. They're just like, what is wrong with you? <laughs> I want that. And and that was my first recruit. It was my second and him and, and fourth and on. But like, I he came out to sell books with me because of the consistency in how I focused on a goal and just moved through it. If you put Hmm. someone in touch with a book man, woman, like whoever, they're going to help them. Like I don't think there is a net negative effect when you meet. Yeah. Yeah. Like if you if you have people (laughs) who sold books and really got what was offering to them, like they're going to share it with people and it will infect them. Like I had a roommate even who didn't sell books. But he's like, I was just better when I was hanging out with you. I was more on schedule. I cared more <laughs> about what I was doing. And just yeah. being near you was helpful. And so what you're doing is creating a network of very do it yourself and get it done and stay with it. Positive people. I, that is probably one of the most influential effects. Um, and we I will have that at some point. Yeah. I mean, I in the app, that. hopefully we'll add like a community section. So there is some of that going on.
0: Heck yeah. I know. I appreciate that. Uh, I, and I know what you mean My our producer, Amy, she didn't sell books, but she, uh, uh, just like by hanging out and like learning around, like doing this a lot, hanging out with me, like she reads Og Mandino every morning now. And she like, like, and, yeah. and that's really helped her organize. And like, so I understand what you mean by it. it just, it just, did, did your fiance sell books?
1: No. So I tried to recruit her. <laughs> <laughs> she's like, but we could go to China. And I was like, that's pretty cool. So <laughs> China's I, I pretty act, sweet. Yeah. And I had become, I had just achieved uh, OL the previous summer. And I had, I had a great summer. It was a lot of fun. And I, I like finished out with uh, I want to win back to back. And it was just, I had like felt like I had finished on a high note and I was ready to take the next steps because I knew I had so many things in my long-term uh, roadmap that I wanted to accomplish in my life. I mean, by 30, I have a lot of stuff to catch up on. I'm 27 now and there's <laughs> it's only three years left it. and I'm halfway, halfway through the first. So I, I had a lot of things that I wanted to accomplish and she's been a huge part of that. Um, and it was just the right time to transition from sales and selling books to technology-specific focus because um, that summer, that's when I got that position to do uh, sales for that startup uh, called yeah. Informulate. And so it, it was a difficult decision to leave Southwestern. And I think you you mentioned that as one of the core values of this podcast is you're real. Like you're telling them like, it's going to hurt. I mean, they don't make it easy to, to leave. Um, no, and, and it all. shouldn't, shouldn't be easy, but it, I also think it shouldn't hurt so much, <laughs> uh, in some ways. Yeah. That's one of the things that you get burned, uh, one way or another. and
0: yeah i understand that for sure you know it, my wife didn't sell books either uh but but she's learned a lot of like she, you know she says it's she's met a lot of book people naturally she went to Bizzler with us and she's like you guys you kids are different people like <laughs> she, <Yeah>. it's <laughs> like it's a different kind of human being I'm like ah it's, it takes somebody to be like door to door 80 hours a week on commission yes <laughs> <Like> your <laughs> yeah. uncle your uncle it sucked great <laughs> yeah. I want to. I want it to suck for me too. Um, so hell yeah. yeah. Um, well, let's uh, move into some southwestern stuff. While I have you here for a little bit, but before we do that, can I? Can, how can people? Uh, get a hold of you maybe someone listening is like hey uh how do i maybe they want to sponsor you maybe they want to get a hold of you to help maybe work for you uh what what's the best way to reach you that you would prefer people contact you at and and how can any they... way
1: possible like they should go through you first and then you can point it okay. to me
0: because that get more people
1: through you but if it's easier i we have a website apace.io so a p a e a apace. A-P-A-C-E
0: right? Yep.
1: So uh, I'm still building like out the website. I'll get that fixed. Perfect. Yeah. Okay. Um,
0: and then we'll put that link also below so people can like, if they're listening, they can just click on it and uh, yeah. check it out. Okay. And
1: if they want to email me, they can email me at uh, Jake Hartigan at apace.io.
0: Hartigan at apace.io. Okay. Just yeah. like this.
1: If you want to go directly Boom. to me, it's like my DMs, cool. basically.
0: <laughs> cool. Slide into Jake's DMs, baby. Um, yeah. Otherwise, if you guys don't want to go through all that, just go ahead and leave a comment if you're watching this on YouTube, or just you know reach out to us on Instagram on the podcast, and we can connect you to Jake so you guys can learn more about it. Uh, maybe, maybe be you want to participate. Maybe you're a power lifter yeah. and you want to like oh. figure out how, you know something like that.
1: That is a big thing. So we're, we're looking for beta testers to be able to go and work through the first few weeks of our summer <laughs> on this app. Uh, basically yes. a lot of broken stuff, but we're trying to make it as uh, as fun and intuitive as possible. So anyone who signs up for the app when it goes live uh, in December will have access to several programs for fee and be able to use it. They'll be able to find out about that on the website and uh, everyone who uses it before December thirty first, we'll have access for free. Um, after that, it'll be paid.
0: Okay, I have a couple of people actually to send you um, right off the bat. Anyway, so after we're, after we're done here, I'll remind me to excellent. You yeah, know, thank you. Connect you with some people. Yeah, um, for sure. Cool. That's awesome, man! Congratulations. So cool. And and here's the thing: we're gonna have to have you back on once you launch and stuff to kind of keep chatting some more and be to to see how it's going. So yeah, oh, we'll, 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 I'll, we'll let I'll it tell you all of then... the
1: heartaches and. <laughs> pain (laughs) i know i've just learned this process and i've kind of learned to enjoy finding these problems uh as opposed to it being like oh no something's gonna go wrong i go oh something's gonna go wrong and it's gonna be so satisfying when you just pop that zit and and fix it (laughs) yeah pop that zit, baby it feels so good or okay if that's gross
0: for people maybe it's when you like crack your back and it just like really hits the spot like when you're like yeah yeah, it's just like so satisfying mm, it's Mm. great it's a great feeling think of the most satisfying thing to you um all right let's uh yeah answered it there um all right let's let's rewind the clocks back because we kind of glazed over your southwestern career a little bit there Uh, uh when you found southwestern how did you get recruited specifically who who was the person that reached out to you um and and like I usually, I like to ask usually about first summer experiences because that's the ones that are, that are really more effective. So like yeah, you know, your sales, weird. School, your first store, your first customer, your first yeah. HQ, all that jazz. Walk me through that.
1: <laughs> so, <laughs> I like recruited myself pretty much. The someone had <laughs> sent me a flyer. Pony. I think it was, um, <laughs> Newman, uh, both brothers. Caleb Newman. Caleb sent me the letter, like, "Hey, what are you doing this summer? Like, what are you doing? Like, he gave me the flyer, but his brother recruited me um okay. so but that process was very weird because i didn't even really know who he was even up to like actually leaving because it was like three days before the end of the semester <laughs> and i had just gotten caught uh with marijuana <laughs> so i was going nice. through
0: what up ponies i've scheduled story really quick uh, i wanted to shout out quentin roberts episode number 140 in it, he talks about how he built such a fantastic culture at the company, Cardinal Senior Benefits. If you want more information on that, click the link below or go check out that episode. Back to work. Knock, knock. Last off-schedule story. Guys, I want to tell you about my good friend, Alex Black. I used to work over at Enlight Energy, and it was a pleasure working with him and that entire company. Um, definitely would recommend you guys check out what that opportunity is. It was a great way to make money, and it was one of the most... Uh, rewarding experiences I had to help people take ownership of their power. It's pretty cool. So on that note, let's finish up this episode. Bye.
1: I had a presentation in my speech class saying this should be made legal. And they said, that's not very, that's not a great debate topic because everyone agrees with you. And I'm like, okay, well, I'm about to go walk across campus to go tell them the same thing, but they've basically said, you need to fix this and get your shit together. Um, part of getting that shit together was going to the interview after I talked to the council for, you know, drug abuse and et cetera, to go and do my interview for Southwestern. And when I was listening to it, I was like, this is something that's going to fix me. <laughs> this, I, need I, and it's, I need this. I need this. I need something to like get my shit together. Cause like, it was just a hot mess. I was doing things that were unproductive. They were haphazard. They were off the script. They were not part of what I had planned to do. And so I was going through a lot at that time. And it was right at the end of the semester. And I was like, I'm going into my summer with no plans. And if there's anything to go by, it's not been good. So I'm going to trust that this is the thing I need to do. And so going home, telling my parents, hey, I got caught with drugs. And then breaking down in the same breath, I said, and I'm gonna go sell books 80 hours a week in a different part of the country. They're like, what is, who are you? Where that are you? <laughs> you? Yeah, like you're like both the uh, like burnout and the over like the top, I'm gonna go do stuff person. Like where, <laughs> that doesn't jive. And they were very confused through tears. It was a tough moment trying to yeah. explain how I had made so many poor decisions in that I was making this very hard, what seemed to be a very good decision with my summer and not be like, Oh, I'm just going to hang out and have fun.
0: So especially because your uncle, right? They, they, they had known, they had known about this in some way.
1: Yeah. Yeah. They knew about it. They knew it was hard as hell and they knew how much he hated it and how good it was for him. And so they were very confused why all of those things he was telling me didn't convince me. Otherwise, when it appeared from the surface that I was lazy, unfocused, and just all over the place. And it was a lot of that Ogmandino act now that, came to mind where it was a philosophy that I didn't have when I first started college. And then eventually started to say yes, more started to take action more. And then that built into my first few weeks on the book field. And I didn't, I just didn't think about it. I just was like, I'm just going to go and do this. And there were people running around, not doing their, uh, sales (laughs) sales <laughs> talks i was making a flow chart trying to understand how i do this as well cuz i had i had no idea what it was i had been there 2 days it was like 2 days and then i got in a car that i just got from my parents and drove you know to tennessee Tenestral, to learn all this yeah. stuff <laughs> yeah so i was just a wreck but i was just so focused on this one singular thing of like i'm just going to do well and i'm and that's it i'm just going to do what they say i'm going to just figure this out and that first summer was such A roller coaster and I I have a journal. Like I have, I don't know how many journals. I have like 10 journals over 10 years of from that time, my freshman year, to now. And there is a before summer Jake, and there is a during summer Jake, and then there's an after summer Jake. And people people saw all of that. And I see that in all of the the stuff I'll I'll tell you in another story inside that. Um and I go through line by line and I read how I thought about the world at that time and like how horribly vague it was. It was just this, it's like a, it's like looking through someone's eyes that are just cloudy and have, they make out shapes, but they really have no idea what it is. They have no concept of it. And then over time, like that first summer I started to learn how to let things go. Like I would get so mad about, you know, wealthy people telling me no at the door. And I'm like, they're just, they're just terrible. They're the worst. And they're, they're the worst. And I'm like, <laughs> they're aristocratic. I had some like term for it. And my manager was like, that's so neg. Stop that. Like stop treating them as if they're the problem. They they're probably, yeah. 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 Like just, just expect that they probably are going through something and they don't need to talk to you right then, or they're not interested. It's not their fault that they're that way. And it may not be who they are day to day. And so that was something that I built into my habits as well as just the need for schedule and, to overcome so many things that just went wrong. Um, But when I got back, I was like a, just a different person. People were like, who, what, what happened? Like you, you left for the summer semester, you came back and now you have a laptop with an Excel spreadsheet with all of your schedule blocked out by 15 minutes and, and this guy, Mike Yandre, is said, saying that that's a good idea. <laughs> Who is this guy?
0: <laughs> also, Mike is Mike is awesome. <laughs> yeah, I love Mike. the second episode in a row he's been mentioned. We talked to Meredith Kelly. Uh, oh, yeah. Her. Yeah, right, but not yesterday. We recorded with her. We talked about Mike. Mike, shout out again, buddy. Love you.
1: Yeah. yeah. So he, he was like helping me with schedule. And this was where that kind of technology thing slowly developed. I was, by the way, not a technology person at all at that time I was I liked using the paper maps every summer um, yeah. until my last summer uh, when I used the iPad and I just and that's the art medium I worked with was pen and ink and wood burning and that was like the things that I did were very like hands-on by the time that I slowly started to take those fuzzy images that I had in my mind about what the world was like and what I liked and what I wanted over each summer and over those years it just came into better resolution like i started to see things more clearly they had edges i, I could like make out what i wanted and a, and how to get it and that was largely because when i was selling books
0: wow okay so a couple of things wood burning nathan Terborg. go check him out he's a book guy he does amazing wood burning work for oh guys. sick uh, yeah it's pretty legit go check out his episode too it's fucking incredible he had nathan over- what came- Turborg. he came out he oh. overcame drug addiction trbrg terborg terborg um i can never say it right because yeah he's uh, amazing great episode um yeah. two two so was there a point in your first summer do you, do you have like an aha moment where you were like holy shit like i mean i know you mentioned like when your when your manager said hey that's really neg." Right, but I feel like everybody has at some point. Well, not everybody, but a lot of people in their southwestern career, maybe the first summer, maybe their second summer. I don't know, but there's a moment where they go, the old skin has to leave, and then this is how I have to become. This is what I have to become to, you know, yeah, be more of myself. Uh, maybe it's a time you almost quit but you didn't or maybe it was uh, I didn't know you could I was so I know uh, so, I know same my first summer i was but, like what the fuck people go home. people
1: leave yeah well I didn't even notice people were disappearing <laughs> like like it was right, some sort of know, like sci-fi.
0: yeah Cause you don't know, my- especially I got, I, I got recruited like late, like you did. And I didn't even know what an org was like, to be honest with you, when people are like, this is your org. I'm like, I don't know, even know what the fuck that means. I knew that yeah. I had my two roommates, but like whenever we showed up to Sunday meetings, I just thought it was just, I didn't know people hadn't gone home. I just thought that they went and met with somebody else that Sunday meeting instead. Like I had no yeah. idea until like much until I started recruiting. Yeah. Like, Oh, people quit. Like-
1: <laughs> yeah. No, I didn't know until like I was a manager <laughs> that that was a yeah. thing. I was like, really? Like they don't or they don't or people being off
0: schedule i was like people don't just people go to the movies yeah
1: yeah (laughs) i i mean if there was something that i had took with me for a long time was my just laser like ignoring i wouldn't say focus because i wasn't focused necessarily i was just very unaware of what other people were doing and i didn't much worry about that i was just focused on what i was doing although it was all over the place the (laughs) like my first summer was just approach and close. That was all I did um, for the whole summer. I didn't really, <laughs> I didn't know the sales talk because I had only had two days, and I never really took the time to read it too much after that. Um, so I would just, I just <laughs> knew the approach, and I remembered how to close. And, uh, and that happened many times where I just walk up and close. <laughs> and my manager's like, guys, sometimes you just have to do it. <laughs> it's like it's so silly. Like I just watched this idiot over here walk up and close uh, someone at the door, and it was for like a set. And I was like, "Yeah, I thought that's just what you do." Uh, isn't that the thing?
0: Is ABC yeah, right? That, like,
1: yeah, always be closing. Yeah, constantly without any context. They're like, "What am I paying for?" Uh, so, yeah, I learned the intro like college
0: tuition the second that's what summer.
1: You're... Yeah, you're my adopted father. <laughs> <laughs> Sign here. Uh, yeah, oh, so. Man my summer selling was mostly just learning about conversation and like just sticking to it and just doing it regardless. Um, lots of scary driving stuff, but, uh, yeah, I mean,
0: where were you that first summer?
1: Kentucky. I was in, uh, Western Kentucky. People still knew me when it was my fourth summer. I was in oh well, I was in the North part of Western Kentucky and someone else was selling in my area. And they're like, this weirdo was here like four years ago. <laughs> we bought books from him. He was, he was cool. <laughs> I don't remember anyone that summer. I think I blacked out the first, the second half. I don't remember anything at all from like the really? second half of that summer. It's just gone. Like, I don't, I barely remember that I was delivering books. It was just a blur. Wow. Yeah. So if that you ask be, me a lot of questions. Be, you should
0: you uh, should see you should talk to someone about that. <laughs> I'm talking to you. So, <laughs> some drama. No my god. Bro. <laughs> it's uh, your brain just in, in an effort of self protection. Yeah. I no, I think it anything. might
1: be. I don't remember it. That's why I sold again. I was like,
0: I don't remember anything that happened.
1: I better try it again.
0: July to May. I have total blur. I don't know what. Yeah.
1: (laughs) Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. It was definitely, there are some key moments, but they're so far and few between. Like, I remember the first sale I made and I I just couldn't believe that they were buying books from me. And I was just so shocked and just showing people. Yeah. Like what? It works. Yeah, it works. I didn't even bring the books out. No, no. <laughs> I, I was like, I didn't I didn't have my order pad. I was like, you want to buy it? They're like, yeah. I'm like, let me go to my car. So I like left and I'm like grabbing my head, like, oh my god, they they bought. <laughs> it's like what,
0: like, what, what the heck? Now?
1: Yeah, what do I do? And I like hand them the pad and I just like let them fill it out because I didn't know what to say. <laughs> <laughs> I was just so lost. Um and then this one woman, I'd go to pull out. A book I, she, she's like i don't want anything and i'm like no 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 and it's like i'm just selling she's like no i don't want whatever you're selling and i pull out a kid's book she's like is that a kid's book and i was like yeah and she's like get in here and i'm like what <laughs> she like sat me down on the floor and i like go through all of them she bought the kids set and i was like what you
0: were saying
1: so i was horrible about that the whole summer that's why i was approaching clothes <laughs> because oh, that's so I, funny, I learned dude. bad right at the beginning i just showed people books and s- closed them immediately i'd hand it to them and then close them with it in their hands and that was it that was pretty much my sales oh, talk wow
0: terrible. that's exactly what not- did you hit sizzler that summer did you all- yeah
1: i was top first year i was one of the Holy- i did really well i did a How- lot of sits I- because they were all
0: closing <laughs> yeah that's hilarious so like uh you said top first year that's amazing so based on that That just goes to show if you even don't like for people listening that maybe it's like they're the first week of the summer and they're listening to this or maybe they're in their second (laughs) summer. They didn't sell shit. Literally just pull out the books and close and then be like, do you want them? Do
1: you want this? Yeah. You'd be amazed. It's so this when Mark Mark Rowe would talk about a numbers game. I got it because it was just statistically like and there were so many weird times where I was at. I sold so many books at gas stations that summer because Amy Pagosi yeah. was like, Jake, you didn't get your 30 demos in, you know, don't, don't be a bitch. Go like Mitch Johnson was talking about that. That's a great management yeah. tool for first year guys. <laughs> like just yeah. have a manager to sit yeah. them down and go, don't be a bitch. Go get yeah. those 30 yeah. demos in. So I was at a gas station every night because it was an hour and a half drive to get back to my HQ from where I was working. Um, so I was regular at this gas station and I closed full libraries at the gas station, Let's
0: um, go. and
1: and the way that one story worked is, I walked in. I did. I just whipped out the books. I was like, "You want to buy?" them? This one guy's like, "No," but the the person next to me is like, "Maybe." What what is that? I'm like, "Oh, this is like a kids library. You can like show your kids and they can read through the books." And they're like, "We're just on our way to this place. Can you ship them?" I'm like yeah yeah sure, sure. So i didn't know i could do that so i just i yeah, just said yeah
0: yeah of course you can Somebody's so
1: I, got to, i'll do it i was like oh, you want this set or this one he's like i'll just take them all i was like what i didn't it's i was just blown away so yeah i did i stumbled through my first summer but it was sticking to it and being coachable i think yeah. everything that summer yeah
0: i mean and and I'll I'll say this, and then we can do a quick ponytail. Uh, if you have if you have like one that you that you really enjoy, um, because way we have to have you back. I need to hear about more of your summers because if they're like this, <laughs> it's just hilarious. a blur. But, yeah, no, they but, they get but, more clarity later. <laughs> but yeah, but what you said right there is important because like really the real big lesson right there is a couple. Well, there's a couple, but one that Morgan Milliken shared with us a couple. Uh, you know, earlier in the season, is if you don't ask, it's always a no. Oh, so, might as well ask and get told no because it was going to be that anyway. But at the very least, ask like you just pulled out the books and were like, Hey, do you want this? No, cool. Nothing ventured, nothing gained. Like, you know, no big deal. But even the people like right there, the person's like, Wait, what is that? Like, if you hadn't done it at all, yeah, right, that wouldn't have happened. Like, nope. so just ask, learn to ask for the things that you want and the, the people, people who didn't I'm not saying that didn't sell books don't know what do. even people who sold books didn't learn this lesson and a lot of people in the world in general don't know that if you ask for something oftentimes the answer is no but also enough times the answer and the keyword is enough enough times the answer is yes and so it's
1: actually shockingly shockingly yes <laughs> yes like it it, it, often
0: when it is yes it's like what the fuck yeah. like sometimes it makes sense that they said yes they needed math help you have math books cool simple those are not the cool stories that we hear from the book field the cool stories we hear from the book field we're like and then i did this like the story i have when i i i I had a bench competition with the dad he's like if you bench for this i'll buy them and i'm like okay and then i did and then he bought right so like that's only happens yeah it's fun it only happens when you try to ask for what you want because most people won't and so you ask and take it is way better than I hope it just comes to me, right? Yeah. Like no. go, go now, go go to it. Yeah, that's right, baby. So, okay, a couple of things. One, I, I I'm not gonna do this uh, on the air, but I, after this, I'm gonna make you promise me that you're gonna come back and do another episode because this has been oh, a yeah, lot of easy. fun. Oh yeah, easy. No, it's been great okay. talking. And two, uh, let's do a quick ponytail so we can get you out of here in time for for your thing. But um, but yeah, man, this has been a blast. If it, you can pick, a, it could be a short one, long one, however it just. So- be aware of the time but of course this, yeah, this yeah. can be big customers this could be huge moments funny a lot funny of people stories.
1: knew me as the guy without bumpers on my corolla so <laughs> this is a fun story <laughs> my second summer yeah <laughs> yeah
0: no, you're talking about no car troubles Jake.
1: No bumpers. they didn't. They didn't, they didn't. smash it all together. It's just a guy the, with no bumpers. The uh, pace
0: setter. The pace setter name was Jake. No bumper. Hardigan. <laughs> Jake.
1: No bumpers. Hardigan. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that would have been solid. Yeah, bumpers. No. No. <laughs> Thanks for I, asking. I, I don't bowl with bumpers. I. I just just right
0: down the lane. Hey, ask me if <laughs> so, I have bumpers. Hey, do you have bumpers? No. Thanks for asking. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah. So well, this was my second summer and. uh <laughs> yeah it was it was uh a paper map summer and that's important because i had this uh guy doug following me that day and we had a lot of fun me doug and rodrigo pavoa if you haven't had him on the podcast
0: no i need to i've been yeah need- you're like the fourth person the last month that's mentioned him and i've seen him in pictures rod rodrigo if you're listening my man we, we need you here
1: tag you're it yeah so <laughs> uh doug was our like third roommate and he was just following me and it was, it was a rainy day. It was just torrential downpour, just a mess. And that summer had so many car problems, but it started with this. I saw that we needed to get to this house and I'm like, okay, I can go all the way down this made this main highway here in the middle of nowhere, uh, Wisconsin. And then I can take a right and go all the way back. But there's this old town road that it says right here, right between them. And I look over and it's just like this barely parted tree area. And I'm like, I bet I could go through that. And that's a road because it's here on my paper map from like the 80s. <laughs> it's got to be legitimate. <laughs> so, <laughs> And I, I go down this path. It's made for what I can only imagine is ATVs or horses. <laughs> and I'm going through my with my Corolla. There's like branches sliding by and I'm like, I can't back out of it now. It's too slippery. Um, because the mud had started yeah. to build up. So, and I start going down this hill and at the bottom, I see this massive pond. It's a puddle, but it's just so huge. I'm like, oh my God, I don't want to get stuck in that. We need to get through it. So I accelerate Doug's like plastered up against the sides of the car. Grabbing like, the thing. Like, ah, she's like screaming. And I'm like, ah, <laughs> like, like when you're driving right with down. your grandma
0: through a lot of traffic, she's like, <laughs> yes, <Yeah. laughs>
1: it's exactly like that. We hit it and just goes, boom. And then we roll up the other side. Like it kind of like coasts. there's water everywhere. It splashes up over the car. Um, But we get over it. We get through the puddle up the hill onto the other side and we make it to the top. And I see steam coming out of the the hood of the car. I'm like, oh my God. So it's still running. I get out and I like pop the hood and I look at it. I'm like, the engine looks fine. Like it's all fine. I can't believe we made it through that without any problems. That was amazing. And I go to walk back into my car <laughs> and I go, where's my bumper? <laughs> it's just gone. <laughs> <laughs> the back bumper was gone. <laughs> and I was like, we have to go get it. I'm not just gonna leave that out there. So we I didn't want to drive the car back because I was worried he was gonna get stuck. So we run for like, it must have been like half a mile until I get back to just past the pond where we had dipped down. It must have knocked the bumper Clipped clean it. off yeah. and it spun it because it was like several yards away from where the pond was. So I picked it up and I just shoved it in the back window and we drove around the rest of the day with my bumper out the window of my car. <laughs> and so, and that was the first bumper. I eventually lost the other one. So I had neither the front or back bumper by the end of that summer. It Jake, was wild no bumpers. Honey. Jake, no bumpers hard again. <laughs>
0: let's go yeah we're gonna just your nickname should just be bumpers <laughs> no be like, what's, up, what's up bumpers <laughs> Yeah, Bumpers. if that would have been my like if i was your manager that first year i would have just been like oh, we're gonna call you bumpers like this yeah, I, I, I will be the bumper for day. my
1: car because i don't have any
0: yeah <laughs> that's why i'm bumpers
1: yeah
0: <laughs> oh that's epic bro i love a good rain story good rain yeah. stories oh because later because yeah, we I- all experience it
1: so a 30 second story to end on Yes, yeah, that same sure. summer, the same car, just another problem. I was luckily with this guy who was studying electrical engineering and was a mechanic like part-time and we get up to the top of this hill and it's raining. And like I knock at the door, nobody there, I try to leave, try to start the car. And it's just, I'm like, it's not working. Like I'm screwed. He's like, no, no, it's just your like starter or something he's like here give me your umbrella because it was raining he grabs my umbrella pops the hood open he's like turn it now and he just like starts hitting something in my my car and it starts working and he's like yeah i just gotta knock it around a bit so like routinely that day we were just (laughs) knocking on my car's (laughs) engine to get it to start up so we could get to the
0: next house (laughs) you were leaving the house mrs jones is like what the fuck
1: This looks like some kind of stand-up routine. I it it didn't look real. We we're just like beating my car to get it to move down the road because I had to hit my numbers. Uh eventually it gave out and we we pulled into like a mechanic shop, but that was that was an adventure. Yeah. Lots what of car problems time. that
0: summer. Dude, car problems are part of the book experience. You it's, learn yeah. you learn what you're capable of yes. without transportation when you need it. It's yeah. really remarkable what you can find. Like I had a 10 second story. My, my car broke down. I think it was my second summer literally at the house of a guy who's a mechanic. Same idea. Same thing where it's like, I knock on the door. He's like, I'm not interested. Go back to turn my car on. Doesn't turn on. And he's like, damn dude. And he just like fixes it for me. Like right then and there, like figured out, I didn't even know what the hell was wrong. He car worked great. Just wild. The stuff like that. Where It's like, what are the odds? You know? Yeah. That's the guy's house. That did happen
1: one summer. My last summer, I sold books to a mechanic showed up at the mechanics place because my car was broken and he's like i got you he like walked out of the back room is like <laughs> i was like no way Then he like d- just took Steve. off like, half of it yeah
0: <laughs> it so what great. a stud oh i love it man hey well damn okay uh, well okay we're well, first you're gonna have to have you back on um we'll put we'll put a pin on this one here but uh i want to hear more about how your app develops and stuff and also connect you with some people that i definitely think you should talk to as far as both beta testers and stuff like that so more on this yeah. once we get off the air here but um on that note guys hey we're going to close this one here this has been episode 173 173 the Ponytails tails podcast with Jake cardigan um, hope you guys enjoyed. we'll catch you guys in the next one peace out everyone bye
1: see you thank you